Okay, let's do this fucking shit. Welcome to another episode of Sitting Ringside. I am your host, Robert Villa. And as always with me, I have my co-host, my compadres. We have Arlo Jumper and David Rodriguez. And making this uh, magic happen, we have uh, Rudy Lara as our producer. How's it going, guys? We're back to it. 46 of them in the books. About to happen. Uh, right where we need to be, right? Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Um, I believe we lost Arlo for some reason. Um, I think he hung up on accident. <laughs> well, well, we'll get him back on. We can't do the show without the uh, the extra, the other horseman, the Art Anderson of the crew. Who's our guest right? tonight? Well, uh, guys, we're going to be uh, talking about UFC on uh, ESPN 8. We had uh, Overeem versus Harris. Um, it was an actually uh, pretty good card. It was a decent card. And then um, also here in a little bit, we're going to have uh, CEO of Cage Steel, Dominic Gibbs. Um, we are uh, affiliates and partners with Cage Steel, so we're going to talk a little bit about his promotion, um, how it all started, why he started it, um, his thoughts on us being um, partners with him and how uh, things are going to play out here in the near future with uh, the August card. Um and then uh, also we're going to throw out a little bit of Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, Roy Jones Jr. And, uh, you know, just some off-topic uh, combat sports news that we can uh, talk about today. All right, guys. Quick shout-out to Fight TV, um, hooking us up with their platform, as always. Thank you so much. And uh, if you guys need to, you know, read the latest news, head out to fightbookmma.com. Um, you'll find everything. From health to fitness to MMA, Muay Thai, kickboxing, you name it, we have it. Um, we're always pushing out articles every day, no matter what. Even with COVID, we're still doing it. Still doing our thing. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, shout out to everybody that's watching, that's listening. Our fans, our haters, everybody. Thank you so much. We yeah, appreciate they, it. The haters could suck it, man. Um, whoever's going on our, our uh, YouTube posts and... And uh, putting hateful comments and giving us thumbs down. You're a fucking piece of shit. Um, <laughs> if you got beef with somebody, be a man, dude. And, uh, you know, expose yourself. Come out in public and say that shit, bro. I mean, honestly, if you have a, if you have a problem with somebody, mm -hmm. come out and let everyone know. Don't, don't do the pussy shit and create accounts. Well, how much fucking time do you have on your hands? To do that kind of shit to make four or five accounts you're a pathetic piece of shit and i hope i hope we find out who you are i hope you become man enough to actually go out there and throw your name out there and let us know who you are 
so we can bash you some more because you're probably a coward piece of shit. Anyways, I'm sorry, dude. I didn't mean to do that, but it had to be said. Ah, uh, fuck it. You're bad. Hey, you know what, man? <laughs> it, it's it's it is what it is, man. It is what it is, and uh, you know the haters they can hate all they want, but like you yep. said, man. Just be a man or woman, whoever you are, and just talk to us. It doesn't even have to be out in public. You can just be through Messenger or whatever, and we'll figure shit out. Yeah, but, yeah we're uh, sorry yeah, you hate us. We're sorry. We can't help that. So. <laughs> yeah. It, it, we're sorry, you're sorry you can't, you can't It is what us, it is, man. <laughs> it is what it is. Like, I didn't even know there was hate going on. Dude, yeah. it, it, it's weird because... And, uh, you know, as far as I know, like, they can eat all they want. And but if I book like, you know, 18, you can't, you can't it is what it is, We don't talk shit about <laughs> no one. Like, we literally, like, we never, ever <coughs> bash on anyone or, or anything like that. No. But it's always towards us. We don't always ever bash any, any other web page, network, whatever. And we, <laughs> we know who it is, you know what I mean? And we could go out there and, and point fingers and tell people who it is, but we're not. It's just we're better off that way. It's just we. I just want to let it be known that you are a bunch of jerks. And I mean, honestly, be a man, bro. If you got a problem, talk to somebody. Let us know. We don't want, yeah, we don't want any problems. We just want everybody to love the content we do. I mean, if you're a true MMA fan, you gotta be on board with everybody else, man. For the love of the game, for the love of the sport, it doesn't matter. Shouldn't be hating on somebody else. Um, absolutely and if, you, and if you are i mean tell us why dude give us some feedback but tell us who you are come on man now now, now i'm gonna go search our uh our uh, page on youtube to see what's all going on <laughs> that's ridiculous bro oh <laughs> hey it's man. yeah it's youtube man i mean come on it's youtube we're fucking streaming on 50 different platforms so uh, if you this want to create true. 10 accounts and go through all 40 uh platforms Feel free. If that's the life you live, there you go. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck them, man. Fuck them. I don't even know. That, well, that, that's, what, that's what I hate about the internet. I hate the keyboard warriors, you know. I, I can't handle that. I, I'm not even going to go read because I'll, I'll, I'll just get pissed off. So <laughs> just Yeah, don't do it. Just know that me and Rudy are trying to handle this shit, and uh, uh, it's going to get taken care of. That's going to be the last time we even address it or bring it up, people. Uh, Anyways, on with the show! Yeah! So we had a banger card on Saturday. Three UFC events in one week. How spoiled were we, man? I mean... And it was in no lane card, and then, you know... There was a couple fights that were kind of a snooze fest, but... Overall, man, all those three cards were pretty badass. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so this last one, um, even from start to finish, it was pretty good. A um, lot of wars. We saw a lot of blood on this uh, mm-hmm. last card, man. A lot of blood. We're um, talking about Overeem versus Harris? <laughs> <laughs> for, for, once, Overeem, for once, Overeem kept his face on. In a right? <laughs> yeah, I was pretty. I was pretty excited when I seen that. When they, he didn't lose his face, you know, he's he's gonna look like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre by the time his his career's done. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the truth. Yep. 
<laughs> Motherfucker's gonna have look like Jigsaw <laughs> the Punisher before he's done. <laughs> and then, like you said too, Rob, like uh, the three events, uh, us being an MMA fan, everybody out there. I mean, the world is watching. You know what I mean? So Dana White smiling from ear to ear, of course. Uh, success. Uh, there's no other mm-hmm. sport out there other than NASCAR. I think is back in the mix, and other sports are gonna you know gonna follow as well as long as they're safe. But Dana White said they knew they could do it. Uh, they, they had plans to do it, you know, a lot earlier, a couple weeks earlier. Uh, but they made it happen in Florida. Um, you know, props to the UFC, man. All eyes were on the UFC. Um, I love the cards. I enjoyed uh, the Walt Harris, that Jacksonville card as well. Uh, people are never going to forget that the UFC uh, was first to come back in this pandemic and delivering with the first card, Justin Gaethje, Ferguson, leading into, you know, the Walt Harris Overeem uh, card this past weekend. Uh, but you mentioned blood. There was a lot of blood, but it mainly came from the face of Darren Elkins as he fought uh, Nate Landwehr, a guy who yeah. defeated an M1. I mean, he stepped in there because Darren Elkins is as fuck as solid as they come at 45. Mm-hmm. So uh, this Landwehr guy, I mean, from M1, uh, being ex- as successful as he was there, I think this is definitely him, you know, getting shooed into the 45 division. It's like you can get through the damage. Uh, you're doing big things. And uh, what a war, man. Darren Elkins just goes out. You, you literally have to put a stake through his heart and kill the guy in the cage to get him out of there. And that proved uh, what it was, the way that fight played out. Dude, you are not lying. That that's facts right there, dude. I ain't seen a kid that weighed one forty five be that tough. I don't know, yeah. man. Yeah, and I think because well, uh, I'm honest, like who did they put him up against next? I mean, people really didn't know who this guy was, but I mean, after getting that win over Darren Elkins, he's got to be. I mean, the rankings moved quite a bit from this card. I think there was a uh, like Do- Dober moved up, Jocko moved up, Dan Ige moved up. Uh, mm-hmm. But definitely Nate Nate Landwehr is a fucking threat at 145, and that as stacked insane, as that division bro. is, I'm... that dude's crazy. People in Tennessee know <laughs> yeah. who he is. People in Tennessee know who oh, he yeah. is. Well, he definitely put himself on the map. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a. It, when, when that that fight started, you know, I can just tell that these guys were just going to be headhunting. And, uh, man, that guy Elkins, man, I mean, what a beast for just taking all those shots, bleeding everywhere like crazy. I mean, there's a picture that I saw on the, on, uh, the Internet on Getty Images. And, uh, damn, dude, it just looked – it just looked like, like he got a fish, just cut the stomach up and then just poured all that blood on top of him. <laughs> Um, yeah, it oh, was, but I, it was, but I heard it though, was a pretty um, badass fight, man. Not to cut you off, Rob, but I did hear from expert MMA <laughs> analysis that uh, uh, Darren Elkins didn't want to engage in takedowns because he feared uh, COVID 19. Uh, I think Stephen <laughs> A. Smith, no, Stephen <laughs> A. Smith is a jackass. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm surprised there wasn't a yeah, I'm, honestly, I'm surprised there wasn't some type of a response from Stephen A. about that fight. I mean, he's been calling it pretty damn good. You know what I mean? He's, yeah, he said <laughs> Justin Gaethje and, you know, or Justin Garth. I'm sorry, that, not Gaethje. Yeah, Justin Garth. Garth. Yeah, so. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting on waiting for Stephen A. Smith to comment on the next match. I thought it would be there. I mean, I, I mean he's, he's nailing these, everything down at the MMA world. He's on top. So Now, now I, I, just, I, just, I just want to throw out there. That remember I called Gaethy stopping Ferguson? 
Yeah, mm-hmm. we, I, we I talked said, about it. We said oh, you I, weren't on the I show. Said, yep, yep. I said fourth round. He could have done it in the fourth. It gave him too much respect. But anyways, we're moving on fast. I just wanted, I just wanted to throw that <laughs> out there on my own. No, yeah, man, you were, you were, you were, you yeah. were. We, we, me and David even brought it up, saying that how you uh, called it and almost nailed it, man. Right on the almost, third round, dude. almost. Oh. oh yeah, it was third round. It was third. Yep. Round. You, yep. you know, I don't even want to get started on that. But anyway, yeah, I just wanted to, I just wanted that to be out there. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. and, and you know, this weekend's card was was really good, even though I thought it was some shit judging in the uh, oh my domain. God. Yeah, yeah, we can get to that too. Yeah, and that's why moving on in the card uh, performance of the night. Credit to uh, Kevin Holland. Man, is that guy a killer, man? I mean, I, we've been talking about him on the show a couple times. He's friends of ours on mm-hmm. Facebook. Uh, his coach, too, uh, Derwin Lamb. Uh, those guys have been putting it together. Um, you know, Anthony Hernandez has been a killer. They both have common opponents in losses in Brendan Allen. And Brendan Allen is an absolute killer at, at 45, too. I think they both lost, like, a, a, a Hernandez lost a grappling bout, I think, to him. But uh, yeah. Holland lost to him in the UFC. Uh, but Kevin Allen, man, you match that guy up against anybody in the top at, at 85. He's a threat. Uh, I'm most happy to see him get that finish. And uh, credit to that camp, man. Kevin Holland's a killer. Yep. Totally agree, man. Now, what about the the uh, the next fight after that? I mean, it was the Matt Brown. Um, people were saying that uh, wasn't this fight? Huh? Wasn't this? Yeah, wasn't it supposed to be Carlos Condit and Matt Brown? Was that canceled from like that was the initial matchup and then it got canceled I think but I think so but, uh, I'm not too sure. going in there and I mean he, yeah Baeza took some shots from Brown and I mean this is a a pretty shop worn Matt Brown late in his career the wars he's been in but uh, he's always going to be a guy that you know people are going to tune in to watch uh, Miguel Baeza stays undefeated and uh, getting a win over a legend like Matt Brown pretty badass a pretty a good feather in his cap oh absolutely. Yeah, I mean Matt Brown. I mean, he's, I, I I've always liked the way he's fought. I've always liked um, his career. I've always watched the you know when he's gonna fight. I always like to sit down and watch his fights. Um, but I don't know, man. Like after the after the end of like the the towards the end of the first round, you can tell that he was slowing down. Oh, big time, bro. But, <laughs> you know, it, but as good as my, Michael Baeza was, bro. Um, I think if he fought Matt Brown in his prime, Matt Brown would have crushed mm. him. Matt Brown was landing some devastating elbows on that kid, and hats off to that kid, bro, because he took some he took some shots and he, he he did you know he came right through it and he he came out and took him out in the second round because he didn't want any more of Matt Brown. Um, <laughs> I honestly think Matt Brown could have finished him if it went into the third, but yeah, he slowed down big time, bro. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it was sad to see that man to see him slow down so it, quick. It happens, bro. He's old, like <laughs> us. Not I was gonna say you. that. No one could be. I as was old gonna as say you, that, Roberto. <laughs> what you say? <laughs> That's what I was gonna get to. <laughs> I didn't want to mention age in this fight because every time I do, Berto's like, "How old is he? Oh, he's forty-two. Oh, he's still young. Yeah, he's, still he's still young. young. <laughs> he's a puppy. Really." Uh, he put a, a feather in his cap, just like Arlo said. I mean, that that's a big that's a big win, bro, for somebody who mm-hmm. yeah, I, I didn't really know who he was, but now I do. Mm-mm. That kid's yep. a badass, man. He took some bad put himself on the map too. Shots, some yeah. big shots, bro. And he 
He took out a he took out a a solid gatekeeper. I hate to call him yeah. that, but that's what he is. Yeah, yeah, man, totally yeah, man. agree. You know, Miguel, he was in there taking those shots like a beast, and uh, you know, I mean, Matt Brown, he, like he could have finished him, but I think coming into the second, like I said, man, when you see him at the end of the first, he was slowing down. He was like, you know, it just didn't look like the Matt Brown that we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. He came in the second round, dude, and Miguel was like, "Fuck no, I am not going to get tagged <laughs> by Matt Brown anymore." I'm going to try to finish this fool. And he did, you know, yep. he, he finished him. And uh, like you said, man, hats off to Miguel. Um, big things are going to be coming his way. Hopefully he gets mm-hmm. a, another top contender and uh, see where he can uh, go in the welterweight division, man. Cause it's a, it's a pretty stacked uh, division. So yeah, it is. you know, let's see, let's see where he, he faces next. See, and that finish too. him, the, him getting the finish over Brown. Brown's only been finished by like killers, like Jake Allenberger, Donald Cerrone, uh, Damian Maya. I think like in the old days, like Ricardo Almeida finished him, and he's been choked out. I think Johnny Hendricks beat him. Robbie Lawler. They're never. They didn't finish him, but that's why I said that finish is a big feather in the cap of Baez. It's that that Matt Brown that we've seen this past weekend. Definitely an older Brown, but just getting the finish overall, just proven track record of just being a warrior out there and just standing mm-hmm. and banging, throwing down. So now him gassing out so early, do you think that is realistically? Do you think that's age? Like, like we're kind of hinting around about. Um, we've seen it happen yep. in a few fights. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody's got the their their certain advantages in there. Some fighters, even like Kevin Holland, said he loves he loved that there was no crowd there. He loved it. There's certain yeah. fighters that came out and said the, they I love the announcers. And about the yeah. uh, the judging, though, like you were saying, Arlo, getting into you know the top of the card, this particular matchup um, was a very questionable decision. It's probably not a decision to be super upset about. But, uh, yeah, uh, Song Yadong, I mean, he was almost a product of uh, you know, Uriah Faber. He trained with them guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, very, he's well-groomed. He's kind of their, their next dude up. And um, I, I'm not <laughs> upset with the decision. I mean, I do like the the Oyama camp. Um, he's been out there. He's got he's had like four or five <laughs> fighters compete out there in Jacksonville over the stretch of these three cards, and they've mm-hmm. had some tight ones, man. But uh, Marlon Vera, I think the the second round may have been the difference. The third was really close, but it was going to go either way. When I, when the bell yep. ended in in the third, I knew it was going to be a split, if not a draw. But somebody won that fight, and I don't think it was like a, a clear cut win. No. Uh, but, yeah, so it's, that's why the judging. We we said it too, Rob, uh, Robin. Uh, uh, Arlo, we talked about the judging. It's going to be super critical. All, uh, yep. A lot of uh, you know, hardcores are going to really look at each round, round by round. We're going to go back to these instant replays uh, and everything involved. But um, this one is probably as close as it was on any of the cards uh, over the three. Absolutely. Events. And you know, and you know, back to like you said with the judging when you said it's not the you know most controversial fight of the night. That uh, yeah, I, I totally agree, dude. It's one of those that it, that if they would have watched that fight three different times, I bet they come up with three different outcomes. Yep. Oh that, yeah, that, like it, it, it's 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 one of those fights that the fans for one or the other is always going to say it was a it, it was a rip off. You know what I mean? Like yeah. So I mean, there's nothing you can do on that one. I I, I totally I I can agree with the judges. Like I, I didn't disagree with them. You know, not on that one. Yeah, to, for me, I mean, for them to say that it was a unanimous decision, I, I, I don't see a unanimous decision. I see Too one sure. round for each, and the third was a toss-up. Yeah, the UD um, you know, is Chita where Vera, the question he's, marks he's were. Just a, yeah, I mean, Vera's a badass, and, uh, you know, 
song is also and you know mm -hmm. for these guys to to leave it in the hands of the judges and the way the judges judge this card or this fight yep. yeah yeah there's just no way it was a unanimous decision no way yeah the judging, but, I mean, the judging wasn't that bad on this one bro i mean it was consistent. it was 29 28 across the board uh i would understand if it was like fucking 30 27 you know exactly. what i mean if they gave but it, like, it was pretty straight across the board yeah uh, it was a close fight man it really was i agree but uh yeah <laughs> it was good man touch, it was good touching base on what rudy just said I, I agree like a lot of people when they hear unanimous decision they don't realize there's close unanimous decisions there, there's yeah, times when no, there's times when that when a lot of times, especially in those kind of fights, I'd almost bet watch whoever did the most output the last 30 seconds to 20 seconds. And I bet you that's who stole those rounds. And and, you, you, and I, I, I honestly, I, I thought the same way, bro, but I watched the fight again. Uh, I, I, I did on Monday when we had the other show. You know, I, I was saying they, they should have. That was a slap in the face of Marlon Vera. But now it's like, you know what? I'm looking at the judges scoring. It, like you said, bro, it was a close decision, very mm -hmm. close. And I don't know. I'd understand if it was like one judge's scorecards were way different than the other, but they were all flat across the board. Not like yeah, some they of the were other ones close. that we're going to talk about right now. They were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it was still a good fight. I mean, it was very entertaining. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, nothing wrong with that one. Yep. I was expecting what's his damn name uh, to show a favor, bro. Why did he show up and then the media was talking about him? Bullshit. Remember when he weighed in on Monday? Well, it's because he weighed in just as in a, case the yeah. song wasn't going to be able to fight as an alternate. Right. Right. Yeah. But I, they still should have threw they they still should have threw him in there in the card anyways and got somebody to to fill in. That would've somebody would have took that vote. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Easy payday yeah. right there. <laughs> oh shit. Well, we had Jocko versus Eric Anders. Um, another good fight right there. Um yeah. Yeah, I think Jocko is on is entered the top fifteen in that win too. Like I was talking about fighters moving rankings with the next mm -hmm. fight uh, after this one, the game moving up. But Jocko, uh, top fifteen now. So I think we talked about it last week that he gets a win over Anders. It's one of the guys. One of them is going to move up uh, specifically in the in the spot that he is now. I think they were really close in ranking, so they basically switched spots. And uh, Jocko, low key, enters the top fifteen and gets some high profile fights. Yep, and it was a well-deserved uh, breakup, man. You know, especially yeah. being uh, Eric Anders. So, yep, yeah. Um, no, yeah, and then Dan Ige too. Like the fight we're getting into now, Dan Ige yeah. enters the top ten. I think he's number eleven or number ten now. Um, but man, Edson Barboza has is one in five in his last six fights, and we know who Edson Barboza fights at fifty-five. Nothing but the best competition. Moves down uh, to 45, fights Dan Ige, a guy who hasn't lost in, you know, a couple of years, like three, four years. He's only got like two losses in his career. He's on a six-fight winning streak. Uh, we talked about it last week. Uh, gets over uh, Edson Barboza, biggest win of his career. 
Um, he finds himself really, you know, some tough, tough fights ahead of him. I'm looking forward to seeing who they match Danny up with because this 45 division just gets deeper and deeper. Um, you know what I mean? It just never – it's the toughest division in the UFC, 145. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dude, it's now, definitely you, deep. Now, do you think do you think Edson should stay at this division, David? I think, well, there's some fights for him at 45, but at 55, I mean, who's left for him to fight? I mean, he's fought the Gilbert Melendez, the Khabibs, the Tonys, the Gaethys, the Felders. So if he does go back to 55, there, there's probably maybe one or two fights for him there. He's still fairly young in the career, given uh, the wars he's been in. He's 31 years old. Uh, but the 45 division, maybe they, they keep him there. Maybe they match him up with like a... I don't know. Maybe he fights uh, Anthony Pettis again or something at fifty-five. I don't know. It's it's weird matchmaking now for guys that are kind of on the on the decline. You could say, you know what I mean. But um, Edson, now that he's one in five, he's not a guy that I think they would like cut or anything or just put him in. They're gonna put him in a hell of a fucking war his next fight. Absolutely. I don't know who yep. it's gonna be, but it's a uh, it's one of those guys where he's not necessarily he he could be the gatekeeper, but if at forty-five he's gonna have to fight Nate Landwehr next you know what i mean or he's gonna have to fight uh i don't know darren alkins i have no idea the 45 division is just from, from one to 25 absolute killers yeah yeah because i mean like we all know about edson man it's those fucking <clears throat> leg kicks of his you know and and he, he loves those leg kicks he loves hitting you in the liver shots um but yeah i don't know man I got to see how, how he does uh, next, either in 45 or 5, so we'll see. And I think uh, he said he was going to appeal the loss, but uh, I was reading, like, he can't. There's no – the commission He's always appealing his yeah, loss. Yeah, he appealed his last yeah. loss, <laughs> and he's, he's, he's trying to appeal this one. Yeah, see? That's this bullshit. is, like, 10th appeal? <laughs> yeah. You lost, bro. Second. Yeah, I think what they – they should do it. You know what? They perfect fight for him. They fought before. I think it was a decision, but take it back to fifty-five. <clears throat> Michael Johnson and Barboza at fifty-five, and Barboza get him out of there, man. If he's not out of there, come on. <laughs> there you go. You only want you only want him to fight Johnson because you don't like that fool. <laughs> <laughs> or give him. You know, it was a fight for him. Honestly, you know, it was a real true fight that he, it's a very likely fight for him. Uh, if, if it is fifty-five. Is uh my buddy Lando Venata, 155. Edson Barbosa oh, yeah. would be the biggest win of his career. Yeah. I yeah, it would <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. If they get yeah, Lando, yeah, La yeah, Lando's got a fight coming soon. He has to. I mean, that guy's always uh -huh. anxious to get back in there. And I think uh in the coming months he'll have a bout. Maybe that fight does play out too. But um, yeah, if he stays at 45, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I'd I'd love to see the Lando fight. I'm sure he's if, 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 I think he's yeah, because like you said, that would be a badass fight, though, because Lando yeah, his last fight was fucking dope. So oh, yeah. yeah, that would be a that would be a good a good fight, and Edson trying to get those uh, spinning back kicks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> trying, to land, that, fight, trying yeah. to land that against uh, Lando. So let's see. Yeah, man, that's that's actually a really good uh, good matchmaking right there, man. Yeah, and he might if he appeals that one, then I don't know. Maybe Lando put a stamp on it and kind of you know put him on a. I mean, who knew Edson Barboza, you know, 31 years old, one in five uh, over his last six fights. Crazy, man. Mm -hmm. um, well, we almost got our guest on here. Hopefully, uh, he's going to get well, on continuing with the, with the shitty mind, judging. Folks, we got enough. It's 2.30 in the morning where he's at. So, if he does come on, 
we gotta appreciate him. Give him mm-hmm. respect. But if not, then we'll have it's him on next time. We understand. <laughs> we totally understand because <laughs> he probably fell asleep. It's Thursday, two thirty. Friday, two thirty in the morning where he's at. Anyways. Yep. <laughs> Maybe we but flip back the to the and we, and we come on at two thirty in the morning. Let's do Dutch. it. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. I'll, no, I would care. <laughs> just, just be ready. We might be intoxicated. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, uh, what were you gonna say, D Rod? No, I'll say we're keeping the continuing the judging trend and everything that played out in this card was into question. This fight in particular was more scrutinized uh, than the Barboza Ige fight. And I don't know, I watched the fight three times already. Uh, I had Angela Hill winning the split decision. Rob? I agree with you, dude. <sighs> I think so because. I mean, Angela was was in there. He was she was fighting. She, uh, I think she landed more cleaner and crisper shots than Claudia did. Um, but I don't know, man. I'm a Claudia fan, so I'm glad that she won. <laughs> yeah, her best I, moments were early in the fight too, because the way she got uh, Angela Hill down, uh, she mm-hmm. she landed some shots that weren't super clean. But had they been, had they landed, she probably could have put her out. She took her back. Um, that was her moment in the fight. Other than that, Angela Hill had her number on the feet, and just you know the gate or the cornering, uh, the game plan. Eric Dalfiero, uh, Dominic Cruz's coach, Jeremy Stevens' coach, great corner advice for her in between rounds. That's what I paid attention to when I watched the fight. Uh, I like to just rewatch the bouts live, one, live initially, and then one more time. And if it's a questionable decision, uh, I, I look at that. I, I don't need to see it any more than twice. Actually, what seen this fight three times had Angela Hill winning every single time. I agree. I totally agree, man. I watched. I only watched it once, but I agree. It's a split decision. Which, when we say it's a split decision, is what makes it a little less controversial. And it was a, it was close, bro. It was a very close. Decision. It was, it was kind of like how we talked earlier about that unanimous decision, right? You know, there's there's teeterings on split decisions. You know, one, and the thing about judges, man, is they may watch. In my opinion, even more so in UFC, they may watch four minutes and thirty seconds of it, and then really get caught up in the last thirty seconds of it. You know what I mean? That's how people steal rounds. They do it in boxing all the time, and you can do it in MMA too, you know, if you, if you up the tempo on the last minute, last 30 seconds. So, like I said, I'm not, you know, like I said, it's, it's, there's less controversial when it starts going split because that means it's, it's evened out. And like Rudy said, it was a hell of a fight. It went, it went, it was, it was good action both ways. So you can't super argue. I, I thought Hill won too, though. I had Will, I had Hill as a split decision also. Yeah, I had Hill winning that for sure, bro. Goodella, mm-hmm. she definitely got the first round. Hill just pieced her up during the second round. In the third mm-hmm. round, I think she did enough to win to win the round, bro. I mean, the punch yep. stats, they don't lie, man. Um, no. As far as calling it a robbery, eh, it's split decision win. Exactly. That's not really a robbery to me. If it was like mm-hmm. a unanimous decision for Goodella, hell yeah, I'd be pissed off. But it it just sucks, man, because Angela Hill's been on a long road back, 
and this was like her chance to to really shine and i really think she put everything on the line and it really showed mm-hmm. you know i thought she did win, but all the performance and even more so of a performance without the crowd so you don't get all the ooh alls with the crowd that's going to lean you one way or the other where i'm talking True. like matchmaking wise when you watch it so so even though she did take the L she kind of won in a lot of other categories, like her performance, the way she looked, how she maintained the fight, how she dictated the fight. So I, I think, I think even though she lost, she's gonna be all right. Uh, she's gonna, she's gonna learn next time. She's gonna come out there and put it all on the line, though. You're, you're gonna see her get better in this next one. She's coming for that gusto in the next one. Yeah, it's uh, Angela Hills is the cowboy Cerrone of the women's division. Period. I said mm-hmm. it before. She's the most active fighter on either side. And um, this was her fight to crack the top 15. She's not quite in the top 15. Um, I think she's fought a couple of, of ladies that are in the top 15. And I'm pretty sure her next fight is probably going to be against a high-profile opponent, maybe a Cynthia Calvillo, an Alexa Grasso. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not too sure. Because Hill's going to take any fight. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if she's fighting, like, in June. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. in three weeks. I- would not be surprised because she's super active. Um, she wants to get this and back, she, and I don't think I, I, I don't think they'll run it back because if, if uh, Claudia Gadelia was calling out Esparza, maybe that's the they'll rematch them too. But as far as Angela Hill, she's not going to want this rematch with her. She's going to want something different. And I think yeah, because I mean, she gets the Calvillo fight, uh, whatever the Tisha Torres, Alexa Grasso's, those are the you know ten, eleven, twelves of the top fifteen. So. Her next fight's going to be against the top 15, and that's another shot to get to crack the top 15. Absolutely. I agree. Rob, what's your take on him? Uh, keep, keep going. Guys. I'm trying to connect the, our uh, guest on here in a little bit. Ah, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, no, I, I, I 100% agree with you, D-Rod. 100%. 100%. Yeah, the, the women's strawweight division, we know that's a big mountain to climb, and we know who's sitting on top of the mountain, <laughs> That's not, I mean, she's talking to cracking the top 15. I mean, there's some names in there where, you know, Hill's fought a few of them, but I think she'll take on a, on a real tough matchup next. She's never, you know, taken on an easy challenge. Her losses are no. to you know, Ryan Marcos, Courtney Casey, who fought as well, too. She had a yep. split decision, a tough fight with her. Uh, she fought the Nina Azaroff. So she's got a, she's got plenty of fights in her. She's well Absolutely. coached, well, well ready. And I mean, even if it's like July or so, I don't know what the UFC scheduling, how consistent it will be. Um, I see Angela Hill competing, like I said, mid-June, July, back in the mix. Fight Island. I guarantee you when Fight <laughs> Island actually happens, if Should it be happens, Angela Hill will fight on that fucking card. Yes. Yep. No, I agree with you on that one, dude. Uh, and, you know, the thing is, is she didn't get – she didn't take a lot of punishment in this fight. Like, no. like you know, she, she got hit. It's a fight. But she didn't take a lot of abuse when she took those. You know, there wasn't a lot of devastating shots to her. You know, that's another reason I had her winning. I, th- I thought she yeah. landed the quali- more quality of the punches of, of the strikes. You know, yeah, she busted but, her up too. Claudia Goodell mm-hmm. is pretty busted up. She's not yeah, really she, one that she takes damage well. And this fight here, she looked pretty tagged up mm-hmm. at the end of that fight. So I agree. I agree, yeah. man. That's what that that was the main thing that got me. I was like, "Get the fuck out of here on this, dude!" I was, I was so pissed off. I'm like, "Okay, there's no crowd because the crowd up and down, ooh and and on, you know, can sway it, but it didn't. You know, there wasn't. I think we got a guest on here. Oh, okay. Everybody looked up. Did you see Robin Rudy? <laughs> <laughs> 
Mr. Dom, are you there? Hey, there we go. All right. Well, everyone, um, we're going to pause there for a little bit. We finally got Mr. Uh, Dom connected here. Uh, Dominic Gibbs, you are the CEO of Cage Steel uh, Promotion out in the UK. Um, thank you so much for uh, joining us tonight. Uh, we really do appreciate it. I know it's about 2.30, 2.40 in the morning out there where you're at right now. So like I told uh, Alex, you're a beast for doing this with us. <laughs> Oh, good. But uh, oh, good. can you? Yeah. Um, sports, sports place there, so we've got everything to go with it. We're pushing on, you know. It's a guy looks his own, so um, you know we're we're making him part in the MMA world. That's awesome. And uh, so what got you started to uh, even um, start a, a promotion in the first place? Uh, well, back in 2005, uh, myself and a guy called Danny Mitchell, who uh, fought in the UFC, we, uh, we started a, an MMA gym. And it was, it was kind of new in the UK. And, it, you know, we, we it kind of didn't, didn't go anywhere, but, but we did want to promote. We did want to do a show. I'm working as a operations manager at a local authority. And eventually, we, we like closed that gym. Lost cooks for a while, myself and Danny. Um, I then passed that corporate job, set up, set up a business, came across Danny again, and, and uh, to, you know, like, my business is doing well. I'm like, let's, let's do this show. Did the show. You know, I loved it. Um, sold my facilities management company to uh, to go and do this. You know, put everything into to doing Cage Steel. That's awesome. And uh, now you're 25 uh, events in with Cage Steel. Um, you know that that's a, a huge. Uh, accomplishment right um especially out there where where you're located um you know you're trying to get these young fighters and uh you know you're the amateurs trying to get into to the sport of mma where they're probably not getting the opportunity um anywhere else um so you know for you to be able to do that with these fighters um you know that's a that's a huge accomplishment um and i commend you for doing that you know because we're all of us here, we're, we love to support the local shows. We love supporting the uh, amateur fighters. Um, so um, that's really awesome that, uh, that you're doing that out there in the, in the UK area. Um, so how are you, uh, 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 are your, your next card, uh, Cage Steel 25, um, I know right now that uh, it's been announced that you're having, um, so far they're just some amateur fighters on the card right now. Um, are you going to have any pros on your on your card coming up? I'm sorry, I lost it. I lost the, uh, the video and audio. Oh, okay. Uh, the the question was that uh, in for Cage Steel 25 uh, right now, you have uh, amateur fighters um, on the cards. Um, are you going to have any pros uh, fighting on your main card? 
Well, so the show is always kind of split between uh, amateur and pro. Um, and as, as we've gone on, we've kind of put more pros on our first shows. We, we probably did two or three, and now we're building up a little bit. Um, like last year, we did, we did like the whole show that was just pro. So this, uh, the next time, whenever we, we can do, do this, uh, we'll, uh, we'll have a kind of mix. It'll probably be a kind of a 50-50 split between amateurs and professionals. Uh, Okay, well that's pretty that that's pretty cool um, that you're going to be doing that. Um, this whole COVID situation, I know it's put a big uh, impact on the uh, MMA scene. I know out there as well. You know, it's it, it hit really hard. Um, how are you able to start getting these uh, events starting? I mean, with, you know, reaching out with the fighters. I mean, are you? Um, reaching out the the fighters that fought before on your card, or are you trying to look for new uh, amateur fighters, or um, you know what? How is your your situation as far as uh, getting this uh, this card uh, started um, coming August? Well, I, I, I'm I'm like an absolutely positive person, probably extremely positive to be fair. So even when it even when the kind of like lockdown. I was still the one that was saying, oh, you know, they were opening seven weeks. And I was looking for every positive story out there. So I was like, we'll, we'll still get up, we'll still get all this show on. And I was kind of hoping that, that gyms would be available from from kind of July, which would give them six weeks training. I mean, the guys, everyone that we see, you know, working or anything. So they're, they're getting fit. They're just not fight fit. So I'm thinking, oh, we'll get six weeks out of them. We'll get the show on. It's kind of looking a little, little less likely. I mean, I, I was kind of building a car just because I was super positive. I was talking to these guys saying, I mean, we, we kind of set from the last show. We already got booked in for July the 4th. Straight, like straight off the bat, I was like, let's just move that back a bit. We'll get open in July. We'll get them training for six weeks and we'll, we'll get into an August 22nd car. It is looking less likely, I have to admit. Um, and it's, it's kind of hard to admit that because because I am such a positive person, but, you know, I, you do have to be realistic as well. So um, mm-hmm. I've kind of looked at all behind closed door stuff. Um, UFC have been able to do that, but that, you know, there's massive... They paid about £30,000 for uh, testing kit. That's, uh, wow. that's serious money. You know, they obviously have a, a massive pay-per-view that they can... They made about 43 million pay-per-view, so... <laughs> a little bit of a different, uh, different story on their, their side. But, you know, credit to them for being there to put that show on. So yeah. I, I haven't kind of given up on a 20 seconds, um, but we are kind of looking well. We'll see what goes. We have got quite a bit of a card set. Um, and I, it will be speaking to the fighters, you know, if, if we do kind of... I always thought if it didn't happen in August, we'd push it down the road a bit and do kind of September or maybe October. And if we could get September, October, we've, we've got another show booked for the 5th of December, so we'd then be able to do, uh, to do both shows. But, you know, it's one of those, no one knows. You, you can look at all the media. It, it, it is 
COVID roller coaster. You, mm-hmm. you are literally, um, you're literally one one second you're looking at it thinking, you're not, you know, you see that like Italy have opened the bars and you're like, God, oh, they, they was three weeks ahead of us. So yeah, we, we might get our bars open and, and then the next minute it's like, yeah, that's, that's not going to happen. We're <laughs> 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 on this roller coaster. Uh, well, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you're feeling it more too, because as a promoter and as an owner of a promotion, you know, you're you're at the you're there grinding and and making sure that the fighters are healthy and they're staying healthy. There, then you feel like yes, it's going to happen, and then next you know they just shut the doors on you again, and then you're like, crap! Now what am I going to do? Do we push it? Do we still say that we're going to have the show in August or are we going to push it down? Um, yeah. You know, the emotions are just going up and down just like a roller coaster. <laughs> That's it, yeah. You just, like I said, one day to the next, uh, you, just, you just don't know where you stand. And uh, like I said, I always look for the positives out of every situation. And I'm always looking for that positive story. There's, there's a, a a professor over in the UK is uh, we he's kind of got a nickname of the, the positive professor and he'll <laughs> post all the positive things and I'm looking at I, I follow him on Twitter just because I think well you know <laughs> he aligns with anybody but yeah he's he's, uh, he's crazy can you hear me okay by the way yeah oh yeah we can hear yeah. you good oh cool Alex, Alex has sent a message saying uh, you might be struggling to hear me Oh, that's all right. I was gonna put the uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I can, I can, I can. We can hear you pretty good. Oh, um, yeah. So I know uh, Alex reached out to me, and uh, you know we were going back and forth as far as like uh, how we can help each other and work out and work, um, you know, a little uh, partnership with each other. Um, first of all, you know, thank you so much for uh, giving us that opportunity to be able to push this event for you out here in the United States. Um, I know I've got some guys out there in the UK that are ready to go and, and uh, cover your event, be their cage side and report live uh, on uh, fightbookmma.com. Um, so for us, it's a huge honor since we're like on the other side of the pond. <laughs> um, <laughs> How, how, how do you how do you feel about that with our our uh, partnership? Yeah, like I was just saying that you know, for us, it is amazing. Um, lots of people view MMA as kind of a uh, a, a USA product. So mm-hmm. you know, linking up with you guys, you know, the stuff that you've been I've, I've been following on lots of social media, you know, and kind of everything, and um, I've been following your stuff, and you guys are working hard, and, and that's what I love, you know, I love people that, that are kind of obsessed about this stuff, and oh, yeah. it, about it, you know, just speaking to you now, everyone's smiling, everyone's like really buzzing about it, you've got a great passion about you guys, so, you know, for us, it's, uh, it's brilliant, looking at all your stuff, everything that you've done, like your branding and all that, you, you've done a great job, you guys, so, um, yeah, you know, thank you so much for for giving us the opportunity to link up with you and, and do this, you know. I'm, I'm happy to sit here at 2.30 in the morning and, and chat with you guys over the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Well, well, thank you so much for those, uh, for the kind words. Yeah. Well, and I, and I was talking to Alex yesterday and I was like, so what time is it going to be with Dom when he comes on the show? He's like, close to three o'clock in the morning. I was like, Oh crap. <laughs> but yeah, you know, you do what you love. It's not work. Exactly. So, you know, I'm getting to talk to you guys. You're all cool guys. You're all, you're all buzzing and passionate about the sport and everything that you're doing. So you know, this, this isn't work. This is, this is cool. Right. <laughs> hey, that's what we exactly. say all the time. When, when it's, exactly. When it's, it's not, yeah, it's when, not work if you're having fun. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That that that's what we always say before the show starts. You know, it's Thursday night. We're gonna hang out, talk about what we love, and uh, you know, it's not. We don't see it as work, and we're always grinding, man. We're always grinding on the website, on social media, but oh. it's for the love of the sport. You know, um, making money or not, we're still gonna do it because we love what we do. You know, oh. and uh, yeah, and and it's that's how I think it should be. Um, so once, once you become, uh, uh, rich and famous or whatever, you should still <laughs> always keep that in mind and still continue doing what you've been doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I, you know, we, we talked, you know, we mentioned the UFC earlier, uh, I saw this kind of documentary on Dana White and he, he's obviously, you know, they, they've done really well with selling the company for such high, high value and he stayed on and he said, why would I not stay on? This is what this is what I love doing, and I just thought, yeah, it's, it's not about the money, then, is it? You know, it's, uh, it's a different thing. So, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's good. You know, I love this kind of stuff. <laughs> well, and that's what Alex told me because I was like, man, it's going to be super early or late, and he's going <laughs> to come on. He's like, he loves this shit. This is what he loves to do. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's awesome. We'll get him on at three in the morning. <laughs> now, 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 you know, speaking of other companies that we were talking, where do you see Cage Steel going? Where where are your where's your where are you wanting to take that to? Like and I know the sky's the limit, but you know what I mean? What what are you seeing? What's the what's the foreseen future you can see out of it? Okay, so um this is this has always been a question that sometimes I I kind of ducked because not <laughs> not because of the question but sometimes you can be scared of of actually giving the answer because once you say it once you put it out in the open you've got to kind of do it and and I never want to come across as as kind of arrogant or you know that's not who I am so but let me tell you we we kind of see ourselves as a second the second biggest in the UK uh-huh. as the UK at this moment in time and all I will say is I don't do second very well <laughs> <laughs> I love neither it. do we I love it. that's the best answer <laughs> so you know I want to take this place we're, we're going to look at um, I mean COVID obviously stopped a few things but we're going to look to uh, Cage Steel Martial Arts Academies. I want to, uh, I, I've had a great life through martial arts, you know. It's, I, I've kind of not, not looked away from the fact that when I was kind of like 25, I, I had a, a period of life out of and uh, I got into football violence, and, uh, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I did a few cases, and thought I was, thought I, thought it, I thought it was like 
funny, you know what I mean? I thought it was cool. And then you put your card sheet on the solicitor's desk and he says, oh, you're mm-hmm. looking at six months. Oh, I don't want to do that stuff, you know? So um, <laughs> I was kind of living a life that wasn't me and I was living mm-hmm. for other people. That, and the only way I could, could sort that out was to get back into martial arts. I walked in a gym and I said, you know, I want some respect, discipline back in my life. And, and now martial arts has given me a great life because once I got back into it, my career took off, and then it gave me the confidence to be able to, to leave it. At, you know, I was in a really good job, operations manager at local authority over here. You know, it's like yeah. wow. and I just walked away and, and went to do something that I want. I wanted to work for myself. You know, so martial arts gave me a great life. What I want to do is, is kind of give back. So we want to put programs in where. We go in schools, teach school kids for free, you know, and, and we'll use our kind of profit to do that. Uh, so, uh, being, being something that a massive brand that I want to build, but I don't just, I always say it, it's not a business if it doesn't make money, but it's a poor business if it only makes money. And, and that's, I think, where yep. the kind of UFC is a little bit now is because they've got shareholders they've got to make money and it's just a machine now it just you know their last their first uh, their first paper um, first behind closed doors just off pay-per-view I heard that they made 43 million and they paid the fighters three and a half million and I'm like mm-hmm. you know obviously it's too much you know we I want to like close that gap so I Paige Steele started out as a clothing brand originally and he had Mike Bisping and Misha Tate, all, all this stuff. You know, he was everywhere around the world. And at the time, it was it was kind of made, it, its motto was made for fighters, by fighters. And I want to kind of carry that into this show side of it a little bit, you know, because Absolutely. Adam Bramall, we've, we've got a fighter over here who I, I think could make the UFC, you know, in, in probably 12 months' time. And we gave him like a five-figure contract, which has never been done in the UK. And that was like, um, us partnering? Because like, I, I see it a little bit different. So lots of lots of organisations see them as fighters, and they just come on the show and the fighters. But, but to me, they're our partners. Well, these guys sell tickets, they they push your show, they do your marketing. So they are your partners, and mm-hmm. you have to work, give them everything <clears throat> that you can get, and work together. You know, like, like we're doing here, it's kind of a mutual beneficial thing where we can help each other and, and we, we grow the sport through it, you know, and a rising tide floats all ships. And, and that's one of the things, you know, to, end, to kind of make that disparity a little bit a little bit better in terms of the top fighters that are in this and, and the lower fighters, you know, not earning too much. It's a tough sport, you know, they go in there and... You know, when someone's beating on you, uh-huh. <laughs> I say it's not fun actually. Enjoy it, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, they're the kind of things that I want to do. So, yeah, I, I don't sit well as number two show. Um, Absolutely, but I do. I um, I do want to do the academies. I want to be able to go and give back. That's our kind of community side of it. And I want to make it where fighters are more more partners in the game and, and get paid well for what they do. Absolutely. Love that well, answer. <laughs> I love that. I, that. That's a great answer, man. I, I, I love the vision you got, man, and, and the spirit you got with it, man. You're going to make it happen. You can just feel it. 
you can feel that energy flowing out of you, dog. When you gave that answer, when you get, I, 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 that's what I like. I, I love the answer part. Like you can tell if someone really feels the answer, and you're feeling it. That's that's what I love about it. Keep it rolling, man. Keep it rolling. You know, I, I get a real uh, grassroots feel from Cage Steel, uh, seeing as how you say you want to, uh, you want to give back to the fighters and have fighters. <laughs> Um, be a part of your organization. That being said, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of talk has been made in the MMA world, where uh, you know there, there's been a lot of fans calling for MMA fighters to be referees. Um, I don't know if you agree with that. I do. I know a lot of us here do. Um, is that something you would want to bring to your organization? Uh, I don't know how the refereeing is done over there, but you know, maybe have some uh, some ex fighters be referees for some of your events. Yeah, being told honest with you, we we uh, we use a, there's a company over here called uh, MMA Officials, so we we kind of buy their services in, and the reason we do that is um, to keep the kind of independence, so that they're not our judges, they're not our refs. You know, and, and if, if they make a decision, then it's got nothing to do with us. Because you'd be surprised at how many times you kind of get leveled at you. That, oh, you know, he's only one because he's, he's, he's your mate. Or, you know, <laughs> and it, you've got all that independence. So we brought them in now. And there's two or three of those guys that have been around the sport a long time. They fought, you know, and uh, they they kind of see I think I think of the, the people that have that have fought generally they're kind of on top of it a bit better. They're the ones who'll stop the fight as they should be stopped. Because you know, I, I've seen it sometimes in a fight can go too long. And I, I always say to anybody, you, you can never you can never stop a fight too early. You can stop a fight too late, but you can never stop a fight too early. And as fans, sometimes you know, we, we put pressure on referees because we're like, oh, you know, he, he stopped that too early. What, what was the fight of the week? The Dominic Cruz fight, you know, and, and lots of people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm a, he's called Dominic. I've got to be a Dominic Cruz fan. So <laughs> I, I can't, you know, I didn't want him to get stopped. And, and I was like, oh, no. And I thought, you know what? I can't, I can't kind of carry that through saying, oh, I can't stop a fight too early and then, and then moan about it. So, that, but the rest, Tend to be the ones that are for they they do tend to have that that more understanding. But don't get me wrong, I've got a couple of referees that, that come with the MMA officials, never never been in the cage in anger, and they're they're good. So I yeah, think that's true. I think it's um, it, it, it's not like a, a one size fits all, and I think that's for for any sport really. You know, you could talk about soccer. Yeah, use your term there. <laughs> you talk about soccer and, and there's always been this oh you know ex-players should become referees and it, it's the same in any sport we can, we can debate it for ages it's a great it's a great point to debate to be fair um, but I think I think we, we would have all come to the same mind that you know, it is it is on the individual there are some some great refs that have never never been combatants themselves but I see some great refereeing from people that, that have. Yeah, I mean, the, the the way you just put it now, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So <laughs> I guess that was a bad question. 
<laughs> there, there's never bad questions when you get good answers. So, no, no, that was a great question. answer. Great answer. It got, it got me to use the term soccer, so. <laughs> well, we know soccer is huge out there, so. <laughs> or football, as we call it. But I didn't that was just going to say, for, for y'all, it's say. football. For us, it's soccer. No, Mexico, yeah, I, Roberto. I, I, I was going to say, if you said football, we knew what you were talking about. <laughs> that automatic language uh, translation. <laughs> oh, you mean soccer. <laughs> oh, you mean soccer. <laughs> you got anything uh, for him, uh, David? Uh, yeah, no, uh, thank you, sir, for joining us at the time um, from New Mexico all the way across the pond in the UK. Thank you uh, for giving uh, Fight Book MMA the opportunity to be partners and, and build this up together. Um, you're in some great stuff. I like your vision of, of Cade Steele. And, you know, you can't be number two. You always want to try to be number one. So loved hearing that from you, sir. And uh, I wanted to ask you, too, about venues uh, coming, like uh, the Diamond Doncaster or the Doncaster Dome. I think one of them is – which one is the one that's – it's an old church from the 1800s, right? You've held shows there? Yeah, well, well Diamond Doncaster is um, – it's, it's an old it's an old church built in the 1890s. Um, became – it was like one of the first ever churches that became a pub. So in 1982, it was converted to a pub, and apparently it was like – how long? How long? I shouldn't say how long it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> they they obviously weren't happy about doing that, and it was kind of synonymous with the the nightlife within within the town Doncaster. Um, but it, it stood empty for a while, and and I was I was doing case deal, and um, I, I took it on as like an investment for a, a, a music venue, and that kind of didn't work out. I had to get my my business partner to leave. Um, and and we kind of you know we 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 kind of doing weddings and things like that there now, but um, we have put shows on there. So we did a, a show called Rough Diamonds. So uh, obviously Diamond Doncaster, and it was the people that were like coming through the shows. So kind of building them there because only only does like two hundred and fifty people. Um, I actually fought there myself to be fair. So I've, I've got quite mm. a, a funny story about that. So. Um, I, I did like a, a charity, charity fight for my one of my friends is a, a guy called Ben Parkinson who's, who's Britain's most wounded surviving soldier so he was blown up in Afghanistan lost both his legs multiple brain injuries broke his back you know this, this guy was sent home to die and, and the guy just keeps getting up and he's walking and he's trying he's, he's, he's walking on legs he carried like an Olympic torch in 2012 the guy is just inspirational and he, he doesn't even know he's such an amazing guy so um we we fought for his charity which was pilgrim bandits which helped the uh, help the injured soldiers they don't believe in any sympathy they literally they literally rip each other's you know the bank on each other it's crazy <laughs> um then then put his uh, his big prosthetic legs on and walked me to the ring so you'll never walk alone and it was like whoa crazy but as nice. I came out, as I came out, my mum was on the like balcony area where I came out. So 
two sons are there, my mum's there, and obviously it's it's my venue. So my mum is such a she, she's like a massive part of my life. You know, she um, my dad was in the forces, and, and when he left the forces, my mum was had to split up. So she was one parent family with five kids, and she grafted. I I get the work ethic from my mum. You know, she uh, she gave me everything that I wanted in terms of everything in here and in here. I mean, we we had nothing as kids, you know, we had no money or anything like that, but the drive that she gave me was incredible. So when my mum speaks, I listen. So I'm just about to go out. I put my hoodie up, you know, I'm, I've got the gum shield in, I'm ready to go. And, and my mum has gone. And I stopped, because this is my mum. My mum's going to give me inspirational words before I go into this fight. And she says to me, someone's just told me there's no soap in the men's toilets. Out <laughs> 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 of all the things that she could tell you, she tells you that. <laughs> more I've got That's a mom thing to say, man. <laughs> that is. What I did. <laughs> <laughs> Diamond Doncaster is, is obviously the, the venue that, that I own. Um, and, and then Doncaster Dome is, is the kind of arena that we use. It's a fantastic place. Um, there's like 2,000 people. Uh, they're all like, it's all kind of crammed in. You know, you, you, I don't know if you've seen the pictures from there, but like the pictures, it's, it's such a packed out arena. It's a low roof. The atmosphere is incredible. Mm. And that's goes off on a night, honestly, it's fine thing. Amazing it's like place. the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York. It's tiny. It's a nice venue. Yeah. It's very intimate. <laughs> you know, I mean this is this is quite a quite a big place really, you know. It it um it does a lot of like uh, music stuff so they've had like let me find it Kasabian. There and Stereophonics uh, and Jesse J and all sorts of bands there, so, so it's quite a big, big place. Um, when when obviously we, we stick the cage in there and put it right, it's, it's just literally everyone's packed on top of each other. And it's uh, two thousand people in the room, low roof, and you know it's, it's great. The pictures come out great with the, the orange floor, literally like shines off the roof because of the lights bouncing off it. And it's, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. No, I, that's, that's, that's nice. Console, so. That's kind of like a like a little uh, venue that we have here uh, in New Mexico, the Sunshine Theater. Um, I remember when uh, they had a, a cage fight there, and it was on top of a, uh, a stadium because they do a lot of concerts there, and it's a it's a, they have a balcony and then they have the floor, but there's no chairs. Everybody's just standing room only. Yeah. So yeah, so you could just imagine, you know, the they have the barricade around the cage and then it's just everybody just crammed up wow. and you can hear like you said, you can hear the roar, you can hear every punch, every kick. Um <laughs> yeah, so it, it I could just imagine how it is with you over there. Yeah, it we kinda tiered seating out but you know, we I've I've been to quite a few venues and do like flat floor seating and that's that's kind of fine if you're watching boxing because you're only kind of looking from the waist up. You know, there's no mm -hmm. other going. Mm -hmm. 
MMA, you kind of need to be, once you get a little bit further away, you need to be on a tiered scene so you can actually see what, what's happening. But, yeah, uh, that's that's something a lot of people don't really understand when they go to these events. I know a lot of people, they buy, oh, I spent a lot of money in these floor seats and they sucked. Yeah, because you need to be in a tiered seating, man. It's not the same. No. Looking down at the event, at the action is where it's at. <laughs> I, I love to get people's different perspectives. I mean, we do we do quite a, you know we have quite a lot of sponsors and, and do well out of sponsorship, and we we do like tables around the first part of the cage. So rather than just ringside seats, the table. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like ten of your mates round round a table. They're all drinking and watching the floor. Yeah, those, those, those are great. Those are great. But once you get to a certain point uh, uh, yeah. in in the floor seating, it's like no, there's people standing up. You can't really see. That's when the uh, tiered yeah. seating gets good. But when you're around the cage, ringside, sitting ringside, that's where it's at, baby. <laughs> yeah. I saw what you did there, Rudy. <laughs> Loved it. Boom. Loved it. <laughs> Message. <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, and then come up, uh, come August too. I, I can't. I mean, I do love the the orange map, by the way, uh, Dom. But uh, come August, I'm um, looking forward to seeing that venue, having our our people there. Uh, Scott, you know, we got guys there in the UK that are ready to cover, be there, promote your event. Um, can't wait for that to play out. And um, yeah, we're there to. You know, to back you up, and that's why you're on the show tonight. Uh, it's been a been a pleasure having you on, man. It's some great stuff. Um, thanks, thanks for taking the time uh, late over there overseas, man. Yeah, and no, I like to say, no, no way. It's good. It's good fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, once it gets closer to the venue, um, we should get uh, you and maybe uh, another uh, one of your fighters, um, and uh, we can have a quick, uh, you know, chat with you and your fighter and uh, and with us and. Uh, you know, promote whichever fighter you want to be on the show with you. Yeah, no, that would be cool. That's, that's great. Listen, I, I love talking, and I love talking about MMA more than anything. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, so you've got a slot. You ask me out, Mom. I'll, I'll get up. You know, I, I'll quite happy to see you. Any, <laughs> any... get, get that nice coffee that you're drinking right now to keep you up. <laughs> So real quick, um, right now, who do you think, or, or who is your favorite fighter right now in, in MMA and in boxing? Oh, wow. I know um, it's a tough question. I know you know it's it's hard to, to but it's a, it's a fun question because I just I love hearing what other people's uh, opinions are as far as who they think you know who their you know favorite fighter is. My mine may not line up as much as as kind of other fans do because it, it I'll come at it from a different reason. So I'll kind of I'll give an explanation as well. So. I think my favorite fighter, I would have to say, would be Conor McGregor. And, okay. and that's, not, that's not because, you know, I'm some kind of Conor McGregor ball kiss or anything. But, but, <laughs> Conor, McGregor, Conor McGregor changed the sport over here. Changed yes, the sport. he has. Mm-hmm. 
more people come to my event because of the emergency economy, Gregor. And and what happened was the UFC became bigger than MMA. So like I, I've been introduced by a, a boxing promoter who introduced me to his business partner. Was, oh, this is Dom. He does the UFC at the Dome. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> wow. Well, so pe- people called MMA UFC. Now, people say, oh, do you do that Conor McGregor stuff? Wow. Like, what? <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Conor he, he put it in people's living rooms. So, and, and, if you look back at his story, and you know, there's kind of there are cases to be made sometimes of him being a bit, you know, a bit a bit stupid lately, mm-hmm. or or COVID nineteen. Now, I mean, I must admit, the guy has done a lot of great work for COVID nineteen. The guy's been out delivering PP and buying this stuff himself, and over in Ireland, it, him and his team have been doing some amazing, like charitable work. So, you know, that that's not made the press to be fair, because. That, that's not worth talking about. But um, if you look at his kind of backstory, the guy really understood the power of like positive thinking and like mental uh, preparation. It, it, he believed, you know, it's like Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali told everybody that he was the greatest before he even believed he was the greatest. He had to tell himself, I'm the greatest, I'm the greatest. Until, mm-hmm. until he, McGregor used to say, I'm going to be UFC champ. And then he was like, I'm going to be double champ. And, and he went out and did that. And that was probably his, his kind of best part of his, uh, his kind of life, if you like. You know, he went from, he went from this guy who had no money, no job. Mm-hmm. He packed his defenses, packed it in, went off on his way and, and, and made it and, and did what he did, you know, and he, he's done amazing at it. So I think I come at it from a little bit different. But, you know, there's, there's some great, Great fighters on the circuit at the minute. Um, mm-hmm. So I like the biggest organisation because I think if I if I pick fighters from like the UK, I might be a bit called a little bit biased, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just a, just, a, just a little uh, bit. Do, do what you want to do, man. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, hey. Well, people are hating. Fight, so it's you know people be like, oh, you know, you've only said it to your. <laughs> oh. oh yeah i i remember i remember watching uh conor mcgregor um when he was fighting in the regional scene and i remember one fight that he finished i don't remember who he fought but he finished him pretty you know good and he goes up to the cage and to the camera and he says i'm the future and yeah. look at him now man I mean, he's making millions. Yeah, to his point, you know, uh, about Muhammad Ali, he's Conor McGregor is one of the few that spoke his legacy into existence. He, Absolutely. He willed it into existence. He didn't only just say it, but he meant it. Yep. Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of times when he's mentioning that, he'll mention how Ali did it also. You know, he'll mention yeah. how, he, how he took that Ali path to, to – to speak it in, into reality, you know, I I love hearing him talk about that stuff. Like it's very interesting. I, I love that, and I totally agree with you. He totally did revolutionize how the sport is. I agree. Uh, yeah, and he, he fight with with Floyd Mayweather. You know, made made the fight, 
made MMA more famous because people started talking MMA, you know. So yep. he mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, I don't care what other people say for us. It, it's it's been a good thing. So yeah, you know, absolutely. Bit of thing, but it was, it was a bit of a, a show, you know, a circus. Uh-huh. But, but it, it got people talking about mixed martial arts, so it's good. And and then you asked me about the boxer. Yes. So favorite boxer. So my favorite exactly. boxer was Manny Pacquiao. And, what? And that's because really. Tell you why that is. Because Manny Pacquiao transcends the sport. So that mm-hmm. guy takes his money and builds villages for his people. And yep. I, you know what? So anyone who does that. He gets in that ring and, you know, operates in a very tough sport for the better of mankind. I think, you know, you know it's, it's because not just of his boxing skills, but because mm-hmm. of what as a human does. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. <laughs> you, you, you know, you know, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised by the people you picked based on your answer about where you were wanting to go with the stuff because you're right. about impact. Exactly. You're about impact and you pick people, even though Connor's imp when he does good stuff never gets publicized, but you're still yeah. picking people who were impacted, who impact yeah. other than just the sport. You know, they're meaning they're giving something back. They're using what they use they're using the fruits of their labor to be, you know to help benefit others. You know, no, I absolutely love that man. Great answer. Yeah, you make you make a living by what you get, and you make a life by what you give. One hundred, man. One hundred percent. Totally agree with that statement, man. Yeah. So. Yeah. Tough questions, those, but. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what we're all about, Dom. That's what we are all about. <laughs> One hundred. Yep. You fellas got anything else for me, uh, for Mister Gibbs here? No, I don't have anything left, Rob. Right on. Well, Dom, thank you so, so much for joining the show, uh, you know, tonight for us, this morning for you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we really do appreciate it. Um, Like I said, it's a true honor for us to be able to work with you and to push these amateur fighters just because that's, you know, for me, that's my passion. And that's what I I love pushing the amateur fighters and giving them the spotlight um, you know, interviewing them because um, there's a lot of media out there that don't uh, give time to the amateurs, and that's what we love doing. And then, you know, and that's something that we love that you're doing, uh, um, you know, with uh, your fighters that are the amateurs, giving them their opportunity to, to shine. And, uh, you know, and we just love it. We do appreciate again for, uh, you know, having this uh, partnership with each other and. Let's see what we can do with it, man. Um, you know, the future's bright. After this whole COVID stuff, you know, we're going to be able to do a lot more stuff uh, together. Yeah, cool. Listen, great, great to chat with you guys. Um, but, but, uh, your energy's brilliant. The passion's fantastic. Fun, fun guys, cool guys. Great to, uh, great to be able to link up with you and, and you know, chat across the pond. and. Uh, yeah. Super, but you know, hopefully we can do this again soon. Um, you know, I, I do this without you being on any any kind of podcast or anything. I, I do this oh, every day. This is like this is fun. So, <laughs> exactly. I was just nice. at 
wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, it's all, it's, all, it's all thanks to Alex for making this happen, man. All thanks to yeah. Alex. Alex, I hope he ain't listening because he's a great guy. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, have, I have an amazing team around me. And that's the thing, you know, the, the people that work for Cape Steel are just incredible people. They, it's, it's kind of taken what, what was my dream and it's now everyone's dream. And, and you, can't, you can't buy that stuff. Um, it's been absolutely amazing. Obviously, all the COVID stuff as well, you know, kind of kept working through it, even though it's not really a, you don't know if there's an end goal. It, the stuff I've got are incredible. I say that on everything I go on. I've got an amazing team. I, I really thank them for, for everything that they do. You know, Alex is actually probably sat up now. He, he will be sat up because he was trying to make sure that we got on here and you know, he'll be listening in and uh, giving feedback and stuff. So, yeah, the, 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 I have a great team, so it's, it's cool. That's awesome. And I can tell, man, I can tell you have an awesome team just for, you know, everything that you're doing for, you know, with Cage Steel. So, um, but again, thank you so much, Dom. Um, we will definitely get you back on to the show before your event. And uh, hopefully we can get one of your fighters on with you. So that way we can have a nice conversation with him as well. Or with her, no, um, whoever you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, thank you so much, guys. Really appreciate you having me on, and uh, really good to talk to you. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir, and have a good morning. All right, sir. Have a good one. Bye. 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 Oh, dude, he was cool. I really like that dude. We man. started off with a little rocky, folks, but uh, you know, it's uh, yeah, it got better. It got a lot better, a lot better. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think his connection got better because uh, you know he's like another side of the yeah, world. Yeah, I mean, don't you know? <laughs> that's what they got to realize. He's on the other side of the world. All right, so it is eight twenty or nine twenty-five here. Eight twenty-five, you all. Yes, sir. And so, man, we got to get ready to wrap this up. You know, the main event on this Saturday's card didn't go how I wanted to see it. Man, I was wanting to see Harris pulled out, you know, after everything he's been through. Mm -hmm. He fought a great fight against, you know, another great opponent. I mean, a, a guy who has a lot of fights underneath his belt, a lot of experience. Tough as nails. I don't think he has the best of chins, and it kind of showed in the first round. He, almost, I thought he should have ended it. I thought it should have got stopped, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I take my hat off to Harris. He'll still be back. He's still put on a great show, you know. Harris will be back. He'll, he's he's not he's not done yet. As far as Overeem, they were talking about him getting, a, you know, a title shot. I don't think he should. I mean, yeah. the top four guys that they showed in the picture, you know, between Stipe, Cormier, Blades, and uh, and Ganu, dude, them dudes can take a beating just as good as they give it. Overing can't. And Overing gets in there. He, he, he's got the potential to knock him out, but he's got even more potential to get knocked out. Oh, wait. Yeah. Uh, Overeem, how, how could he fight? He doesn't need to fight for the belt. He was already the heavyweight champion. According to the oh, UFC. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. According to the according to the UFC, he was a former yeah. heavyweight champion. 
Damn. Uh, wow. He, he, the former heavyweight champion of everything else but the UFC. But um, exactly. but yeah, no, I agree with uh, with Arlo though. Yeah, there was a lot of pressure on Walt Harris, man. I mean, everything they played, the, you know, the story everybody knows now. Mm-hmm. A lot of eyes were on the UFC. They know the situation. It was an awful thing that happened. Uh, credit to Walt making that walk, coming out there because that's his daughter's wishes to get back in there and compete. And this win against Overeem came. It almost happened early in the first round. He nearly had Overeem out of there. But uh, just tons of pressure on the man. He will be back, like Arlo said. Uh, but the Overeem chances of winning the title, no way. I, I don't know. He, he might actually get a shot, but him winning it, I don't know. It's the heavyweight division. You win they two fights. They better not you're... give him a yeah. shot. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to he's, he's beat a couple of more other people, in my opinion, to get a shot. <laughs> I mean, Arlo, like we, me and you were talking over the phone uh, not uh, so long ago, and we actually had the, the, this discussion. We talked for like at least an hour on this late. subject, and we were saying how is it that there that Overeem is going to have the opportunity to fight for the title when he still has to either fight Blades again, again. or fighting, yeah, or fight Ngannou, or fight Cormier. It's just. There's just no way that his chin is going to hold up against nope. Ngannou. No. That no, I mean it's just ah, man. Blades, if he fights Blades again, it's not going to be a pretty I mean, fight. Man. Everybody was saying that shit against. They always pick against him, bro. He went five <laughs> rounds with Rosenstruck, and look what happened to Rosenstruck. He got knocked the fuck yeah. out in the first round. All right, Ngannou. And, and honestly, if he hadn't lost to Rosenstruck. If if Rosenstruck wouldn't have landed that punch, he would have won, and he would have been on a four-fight win streak. So and then he would have been the one getting the knocked out by Ngannou. The ream, yeah, again. The ream. He's going to be heavyweight <laughs> champ, guys. You heard no, it here God, first. No, he's nope. not. No, he's not. Nope. <laughs> hey, but also too, like uh, this kind of leads into a closing topic that's very proper right now. Um, uh-huh. Speaking of heavyweights and people moving to heavyweight, we've talked about it. Unfortunately, John Jones is retiring. Not gonna fight <laughs> Francis Ngannou because the money ain't right. But we've been talking about the move to heavyweight for Jones. The timing is now. But what's happening here, guys? Like, is he ducking Jan Blakowicz? What the hell's going on? That's not. It's not the money fight. But Ngannou, if that's the money fight, they somehow got to make it happen. But apparently, Johnny Bones is walking away from the sport. If if John Jones, if he does walk away from the sport, then he's going to walk away from the sport, obviously, as a champ in his division because there's nothing more left for him to prove in that division. And everybody wants to see him move to heavyweight and fight the top five heavyweights. Um, Like I was telling Arlo, I think Jones has Ngannou's number. Um, If they do put him to fight Ngannou, um, I'm, I know Jones, Jones is going to be able to beat that guy um, and then fight Stipe. I don't know, man. I don't know now, if he does retire or not. Me and Berto, when we were talking, we said the reason he beats Ngannou is because Ngannou swings punches like a drunken prom date. <laughs> and Jones is going to be very, very technical. Mm-hmm. And put his put his punches down the pipe when them big hands come come swinging, 
And I don't care who you are, how much force you got, if there's a fist in your face before yours lands there, it takes that power out of it every time. John Jones is going to step in and not be scared to fight inside because he can fight inside. He's got a lot of tricks inside fighting with elbows, spinning elbows. He got a lot of tricks in his bag on that end. And when when he's going to make all those big loopy punches that Ngannou throws from home run swings into bunts. Now, in my opinion, if he doesn't want to take the fight because he's saying the money ain't right, it's because he's a little bit nervous knowing that that son of a bitch can knock him out too. <laughs> That's what it is. He's saying, "Hey, if I'm gonna get, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna get in here, and if I get knocked out, damn well, I better be getting paid for it." You know, that's that's where I think he's at when he's saying, oh, it's the money fight, but the money ain't right. That's why he's a little bit nervous. There's a little bit nerves in there saying, dude, this dude's, you know, three inches taller than me, 40 pounds heavier than me. <laughs> it's like a freaking freight trap. And you know, I don't care who you are. You know, that's human nature. And that's that's to me. It's not just the business. end. it's not. It, there's a little bit of fear in there that if I'm going to get in there and get my, you know, go in there with this animal. Well, I'm I'm gonna get paid for it because the risk, the risk and the reward got to be equal, in his opinion. So he's not gonna get yeah, in there the, for. Go ahead, keep going. Oh, go yeah, no. And to that point, perfect though, perfect way to put it because uh, as far as John Jones has always been spoken, uh, it's always been legacy over money. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, Conor McGregor has been the leading money runner <laughs> in the UFC. Jones is not mm -hmm. hes not making the Conor McGregor money. He's probably mm -hmm. Jones is probably not making the Jorge Masvidal money, who the same management team manages John Jones. Um, but uh, Jones, if it's about legacy, um, quote-unquote, from uh, Twitter, he said, honestly, I got – in the stage of my career, I could retire today. I've done my job, um, given the company a decade of entertainment – um, said maybe when they're ready to do better business, uh, until then it's, uh, health, fitness and family, but we all know low key when John Jones is not fighting, what happens to John Jones? Yeah. He'd be in prison. If he retires. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, that ain't no lie. Not a lie at all. But, like uh, he's not gonna be able to say, Oh, I'm John Jones with the UFC. He's just gonna be John Jones, regular citizen. <laughs> no longer the champ. No longer this. You're gonna have to watch your ass because you ain't nobody special anymore. You better take these fights. <laughs> See and, and he's at the. There's a string of tweets that happened today too. Uh, you know, John likes to go off on Twitter and tweet and delete mm -hmm. because obviously he he was in negotiations today about the Engano fight. But uh, he's put on there. It's been fun, you guys. Maybe I'll see you in a year or two. Now we've seen Henry Cejudo retire in an empty stadium. Mm -hmm. uh, Connor claimed to retire after losing to Nate Diaz, where nobody gave Nate Diaz a shot. So. This more or less seems like uh, it, it's negotiations. It's the Cowboy brothers. Yeah. And uh, more than likely, if they if the money's right, he's probably going to fight Jan Blakovich. Or if it's the Dominic Reyes rematch that I've been hearing about, maybe he doesn't want that fight. I don't know. Maybe John, that heavyweight, that's where the money is more than likely. But mm -hmm. um, the fear of Ngannou, we know what Francis Ngannou is capable of. And that fight is definitely a number one contender slot to fight DC and Stipe. Because DC Absolutely. and Stipe, I've, I've, I've heard that it's, it's supposed to happen on Fight Island or the Apex Center, mm -hmm. you know, late July, August. That's brewing up, like low, low key. That's the fight yeah. happening. Okay. So Jones obviously either wants Stipe straight up above DC 
or you know what I mean, just bigger money for Ngannou because maybe Jones feels Absolutely. that he gets he, need, he deserves he deserves Stipe right off the bat. Yep. Now you know me and me and Berto were also calling uh, Ngannou the UFC version of Deontay Wilder. By the way, he swings and punches oh. and kills you. We mm, said that my, he, yeah. he <laughs> now, now though we're gonna see if he really is and if, if Jones steps up and whoops him like <laughs> like Fury did, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, man, we are we are ten, five minutes over, Berto. You want to yes, get the last shout out? Yeah, man. Um, thanks again, guys, for uh, jumping on the show again. I mean, we are just killing it. We're crushing it. And uh, yeah, man, I can't wait till next week. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out again for uh, Fight TV uh, for having us on their platform. Um, we can never say um, thanks to them because that is a huge platform to be on. Absolutely. Um, thanks to all our fans, you know, to that's watching, everybody that supports Fightbook MMA. Um, if you want to get the latest news, hit out to fightbookmma.com. Uh, thank you, Rudy, for, uh, you know, doing all this uh, for us. Uh, David, thanks again uh, for coming on. And uh, Dom, thanks again also uh, for being on the show. And, uh, yeah, man, sorry, my my uh, my. My tripod, my uh, my gimbal battery died. <laughs> this, this is why we do it live. So like that, I gotta, I gotta see. hold it. <laughs> it's like I got drunk or something. I love the camera. The cameraman got drunk. <laughs> it's like you know wobbly now. <laughs> but yeah, man. Thanks to everybody. Way. So yeah. <laughs> but uh, Arlo. Close out the show, brother. <laughs> You're so <laughs> messed up. Look at him. <laughs> all right, all right. Like we always do. Hurry up, I'm time. tired. <laughs> I'm going to take my time now. Oh, uh, fuck. No, I'm just, I'm just uh, you know, like we always do about this time, man, I, I always mention something about the COVID thing. You know, just because the states are opening back up, use, use your precautions. Use your masks. Use social distancing. Be smart. You know, remember, be prepared, not scared. We can get through this together. It is getting a little better, but we got to keep doing what we're doing and not get relaxed. Uh, so, everybody, like we always do, remember when you want the best seat in the house, there's only one place to be, baby. That's with the four horsemen of combat sports. Sitting here, sitting ringside with us every Thursday. Till next week, we're out. Oh.